Hello, I'm Mike Patra, and I'm the host of the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Come join us as we go game by game, breaking down our top plays, fades, values, pivots, and talk overall strategy for both tournaments and cash games. And the best part, we're doing this seven days a week. So come check us out. That's Hoopball DFS Today. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Patria for any updates, listener contests, and DFS information. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I had grand plans of taking today's podcast and deep diving into the results of my resumption seating draft board, whatever the hell we wanted to call it. But I think I'm going to put that off just a little bit longer because I basically didn't sleep last night. And so I want to keep today's show as short and laser focused as humanly possible on the task at hand. And the task at hand right now is that number one, a game starts from the moment that I'm recording this podcast. The game starts in an hour and 10 minutes. Probably actually tips more like an hour and 19 minutes from now. But I do want to get the pot out before Orlando and Milwaukee tip. Uh, I want to talk a bit about what happened on Monday, daytime, midday, afternoon, early evening, and into the night. Which, by the way, this is awesome. Basketball continues every moment of every day. And that is exciting. Uh, we also have some advertisements we're going to talk about on today's show, and one of them is a very easy one to do because it's going to tie into a lot of what we're talking about. But I also wanted to go back through and, and come up with the right way to dissect our resumption results because things are pretty weird, and you know I don't know that we can really take massive credit or even kick ourselves for all of the hits and misses because some of them are so far out of left field and certain things happen that threw it off the board and you know we're going to go through and we're going to try to figure out which ones were sort of big or little deals and if it changed our opinion on guys but I almost feel like we should hold off on that until fantasy comes back into the forefront like why why are we going to jam that in right now while the playoffs are going and we can talk about that and we can actually kind of take a mental break from fantasy basketball. If you got a playoff league going, you're in it now. It started. There's nothing we can do about it. There are no ads and drops in fantasy playoff leagues. So we're just in it. Let's just enjoy the playoffs. Let's bet them. Let's win money. Yesterday, live in-game betting was incredibly juicy, and I have to believe that it's going to stick that way basically throughout the postseason. I believe that to be the case because I believe that when games truly matter, you're able to better figure out how in-game things are going to impact the, the way the rest of that one plays out. What I mean by that is, and I know I haven't even introduced the podcast yet, but what I mean by that is that when you have two teams that both care, each team cares about the outcome of a basketball game, no one's throwing in the towel at least not in game one of a series. I mean, if, look, like, let's get to, let's say we get to game four and uh, just building off of what happened yesterday. Let's say we get to game four 
and Toronto is up 3-0 in the series, and they go up by 25 points on Brooklyn again. If this is Game 4, Brooklyn's on the verge of being swept. Toronto's going to know at that point, look, we keep our foot on the gas for another five minutes. This game is done. Whereas yesterday, you knew that when Brooklyn went down a bunch, they were going to come up with a run at some point. It was Game 1. It wasn't step-on-their-throat moment of the series where Toronto was going to be like, all right, let's end this now. That was an opportunity in that third quarter for Toronto to go, we're cruising, man. And then human nature takes over. Toronto lightens up on the gas. Brooklyn makes their push. You knew it was coming because both teams cared. If it was a regular season game with those same rosters, there's a very real chance that Brooklyn would have just been like, Pack it in. We got another one in two days. Pack it in. We're going to make the playoffs because the rest of these teams stink. But they're in the playoffs now. There's no packing it in. Whatever shot you got, you take it. You got a 2% chance of winning that ball game. You got to roll the dice. You got a day off. Collect yourself. Come back in the next one with a full plate of energy. You're not saving for anything. In-game betting is harder during the regular season because teams are saving themselves for stuff. I'm not talking about... You know, everybody out there is going to hear me, my phrasing on that, calling saving themselves. I'm just talking about energy level. It's why when we bet the NBA during the regular season, we're largely hunting motivational angles. Angles where one team might give 95%, where on most nights, most teams are giving you about 85%. They're lollygagging a little bit. They can't go 100% every single moment, or they will crash and burn. They will be injured by December. But they can in the playoffs, and so you know you're getting this equal level of motivation. And when both teams care, they're going to be in-game runs. It's just the way it works. The defense starts to click on one side. They force a few misses. They get a few makes. When you make a bucket, you force the opponent to take it out from under the hoop instead of getting out and running. You can reset your defense. You're going to score four or five times in a row. It just, it happens in every single basketball game. Every single game. I mean, like, we're talking very close to 100% of basketball games. There are 8-0 runs. Almost every single game, I think, has an 8-0 run or bigger. I'd be floored if a game had, and if there is a game that's lower than that, fine, then we don't bet that one in-game. But, like, every game, Every game, this happens. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about in-game wagering in a minute. Uh, I do want to introduce the podcast. This is Fantasy NBA Today. We're going to be talking more about actual basketball and betting during the playoffs. But as fantasy things pop up, we will, of course, cover those. We're a fantasy show at our core. It's just not sort of at the forefront right now. I am Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. You can follow me over there immediately. And, of course, you can follow HoopBall by heading to hoop-ball.com or on Twitter at HoopBallFantasy or on Instagram at HoopBallOfficial. Those guys doing a wonderful job of getting what was a once defunct Instagram page uh, funked again. Right? I guess that'd be the opposite of defunct. It's funked. Look at that. Coming along nicely. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoops. <laughs> Brew had some fun with that one. Hoop Ball Hoops on Facebook, Hoop Ball Official on Instagram, and Hoop Ball Fantasy on Twitter. 
Let's start by talking about the games coming up today because that stuff is happening the soonest. And everything, by the way, everything we're doing on the betting side is through our buddies over at mybookie.ag. You can follow them on Twitter at mybookiebet. Mybookiebet. They have lines. They have regular lines for the games. Very easy to find. Bucks by 13. Heat by 4.5. Uh, they're all, it's all available there. All the usual stuff. They've got blackjack if you want to play casino games. MMA, baseball, uh, hockey, golf, football when it starts. You can bet on NBA 2K matchups, soccer, boxing, tennis, international baseball. They've got lines on all the stuff. Table tennis, horses, everything. But what I'm having fun with these days, and I've been tweeting about it, are in-game wagers. In-game wagers, meaning that once one of these games begins, there's a line on it. When the game first starts, the line generally pretty well parallels what the line was before the game started. So if we're watching Bucks Magic, which is currently a line of Bucks by 13 with a total of 225, first few minutes of the game, it's probably going to hover pretty close to that unless something crazy happens. Like, right, like the Clippers got out to a 10-0 run, I think, to start the game against the Mavericks yesterday. That line probably moves a little bit. You know, if the Magic get off to a 10-0 start on the Bucks, which, look, I think we all know that's not going to happen, but in this magical hypothetical world I'm talking about, let's say it does, that line probably comes down, and then if you're taking the Magic, you're probably only catching, I don't know, 10, 9, 10 points instead of 13, even though we know it's going to turn. That game's going to turn. Where I've been having a lot of fun is the second, third, and fourth quarters. And you might have something happen in the first quarter that's worth an in-game wager on, where if something, you know, Toronto got out to a really big lead, but it didn't really reflect itself in the in-game line until you get a little deeper in the ballgame. Because as time runs, the actual score of the game now becomes a better predictor of the final score of the game. A 10-0 run to start an NBA game is a very poor indicator of the final score of that NBA game. But if a team is up by 10 midway through the third quarter, then you start to think, all right, look, the team that's down 10 now only has 18 minutes to come back instead of 46. It becomes a more accurate predictor, and it will show up more in these in-game lines. So... As we look at what happened yesterday, I'll tell you more about how we utilized that strategy. But let's look at let's look at today real quickly. Uh, Milwaukee by 13 over Orlando. That game opened at 13 and a half. Magic have actually had a little bit of the early action, even though Aaron Gordon has been ruled out. It's just a really big number f- for a playoff game. But at the same time, it, it, the Bucks are good, and the Magic are not that good with no Jonathan Isaac, no Aaron Gordon, and I don't know that we have an update on Evan Fournier or Terrence Ross, who apparently dealt with esophageal spasms from horrendous heartburn. Like, he had stomach acid that came up and burned his esophagus. That sounds awful. That's some bad GERD, ladies and gentlemen. That is some bad GERD. So I don't know who the hell's playing for the Magic right now. I know that game starts in an hour. All we really know is that Aaron Gordon and Michael Carter-Williams are definitely out as of this moment. And so I don't know how you make a full-game wager on that. 
The way you make a full game wager, and I think I mentioned this very briefly on yesterday's show, is look, do we think Orlando even hits 100 points in this game? Only if the Bucks take their foot off the gas, because they could hold an Orlando team without all of those weapons under 100 if they're really going for it. Vooch, Markel Fultz? That's the team you're contending with right now? That's your eight seed? Yikes. So no, I'm not going to make a full game wager on this one, but I am going to be watching it on an in-game basis. Let's say Let's say the Bucks go up by 25 early in the ball game. You're probably going to see a big big line on the Orlando side. You'll probably see an Orlando plus 22, 23 points. And at some point you have to say when does pride take over? Maybe Orlando gets off to a a, a quick run. Maybe they're maybe this game is tied midway through the second quarter. And the line comes down a little bit where it becomes now Milwaukee by like, I don't know, nine instead of 13. Not because they're not expected to win a game that's tied in the second quarter, but because at that point you're halfway almost through the game and the Bucks haven't really opened it up yet. So you're like, look, do I think they can open up their 10-point lead in the second half alone? I don't think it's going to get to that point. If I predict how this game goes, I think the teams trade buckets a little bit for a minute or two. Uh, I think Milwaukee actually opens up an okay lead by really as early as the end of the first quarter. I don't know if it'll be huge. By the way, you can bet quarters. Uh, Bucks are a five-point first quarter favorite, which I think tells you all you need to know. They're only a three-point second quarter favorite. So it's expected to be pretty Milwaukee-leaning just even by a few minutes into the ballgame. They're going to be locked in early, you know? That's not a horrible wager. Bucks by five in the first quarter. Just expect them to come in and kind of stomp on a Magic team that doesn't have their usual weapons. So that's something to keep an eye on. But still, I think looking at the in-game stuff is more fun for this particular ball game. Game two on the docket today, which starts in about three and a half hours instead of one. Miami, a four and a half point favorite uh, against the Indiana Pacers. This is this line is getting a lot of action on Miami. Everybody loves Miami right now, and I'm not fully into it. I'm not in as into it as everybody else is that I'm seeing uh, across really a, a lot of really sharp people like Miami, and they're probably the better team. But I, I, I Indiana's not bad. The Demonis Sabonis thing makes a difference. That, that's a big piece that they're missing. That's their inside presence. That's the guy that can, you know, work against Bam Adebayo, at least so that he can only deal with one of the two Indiana bigs. So that that is a hamstringing thing. I think these games are going to be tight. So four and a half points is not a, a crazy line. A tight ball game, I generally look at the underdog, but anything can happen. And as you see in the end of these playoff games, there's going to be fouling until really every opportunity is exhausted. Until you're down six with four seconds left, there will be fouling. This is a game to me that I think gets decided on a last-second shot, which also means this is a wonderful game for in-game wagering. Oh, this is a wonderful one. This one has bet my in-game number written all over me. By the way, the total is 214, uh, 215, excuse me, and... Yeah, honestly, I could see that thing going over, but I'm not touching that one either. Here's what I'm looking at for this ballgame. There will be 8 and 10-0 runs blended into this one that probably lead to one team taking a timeout, maybe like a 12-2 to run or something like that. I don't know when they're going to happen. 
It might be right out of the shoot. It might be the second, third uh, quarter. It, it probably won't be the fourth. And if it is, it's generally too late to make a, an in-game wager anyway. But let's say we're like at the four-minute mark of the second quarter, and the Pacers are up by two. And then all of a sudden, the Heat rattle off a 12-2 run, and they're up by eight. That's probably going to put the line pretty close to what it is right now, Miami by four and a half. What if it flips back the other way? What if in the middle of the third quarter, Indiana goes on a spurt, and they go up by four or five? You're probably going to see a line of close to a pick at that point. So if you liked Miami, I think there will be a point at this game where you can get on the heat at a number lower than four and a half. This is how you have to think this stuff through in advance. The Heat are favored by four and a half points. As you look at the line, you got to say, is there a point in this game where I think Indiana is leading with basically after halftime? Does Indiana hold a lead at any point after halftime? I think the answer to that question is yes. I think they do. And so with that in mind, I think you have a couple ways you could play this thing. You could actually take the Pacers plus four and a half right now if you wanted to. And then if you got to that point where Miami was about a pick or maybe even like a one-point underdog, if the Pacers are leading by a couple, you could try to middle it. That's what I've been working on here. If you can set up a middle of generally five or more points, that's not a bad wager to make. You're, you're betting a dollar to win 20 on a game where the line's probably going to be pretty good. The other way you play this is, if you think Miami gets off to a better start, you might see this line actually move up from four and a half at some point. If Miami leads by seven or eight or nine in the second quarter, you might be able to get Pacers at plus six and a half if you still think they're going to make their little 10-0 run and make it a, basically a tie ball game. The teams will go on runs. These two teams are way too evenly matched to just trade buckets an entire game and way too evenly matched for one of them to just blow out the other when they both have playoff experience. Miami has some. Jimmy Butler has a lot. Miami as a team doesn't have a ton, but they have some. Pacers actually have a a decent amount over the last couple of years. They've been good lately. They took LeBron as far as he could go a few years back, as you may recall. Yes, the Demonis Sabotis thing is a bummer. It is. It's a bummer. They're probably going to lose the series. Although, you know, maybe I'll go contrarian here and say the Pacers win this series in six or seven games. I don't think the Heat are that loaded. They've got a good sort of... They've got a good build. They've got a good leader. They've got a very good defensive center who can do a lot of things. They have a lot of floor spacing versatility, so they'll probably win the series. But look, who cares about the series right now? We've got this individual game. You can, by the way, you can get down on series prices uh, at, at mybookie.ag as well. That's that's also available. If you're, if you're feeling like getting Randy, they've got uh, series prices. What the hell's the price on this series right now? Uh, Heat are a minus 330. So if you think the Pacers have any chance to win it, not a bad time to do so. If you think the Heat win this ball game and the Pacers still could win the series, you wait and you get on them afterwards. Probably should have talked about this a little bit more on yesterday's show. The uh, other play, the other series prices today: the Rockets are minus one sixty favorite, Thunder plus one thirty five, Lakers minus five seventy, Blazers plus four twenty. There are ways to middle series prices as well. Basically, if you can get these things to shift far enough in one direction, 
Uh, generally, you kind of need like two series price moves to create a good middle. Meaning, let's uh, let's take the Pacers Heat series for instance. If you think the Heat win this first game. You let that happen. You let it roll into game two. The price on the Pacers probably goes up to about plus 300 or plus 315, something like that, where you could now bet $10 to win roughly 31 to $32. If you think the Pacers then win a game or two games and, heaven forbid, even take a lead in this series, you get back to that point where the Heat are now close to, say, maybe a pick'em or very slight underdog. You just grab them both. You just grab them both at different amounts, different betting sizes, where you could put 10 on the Pacers to win 31. And if you get it roughly a pick on the Heat, you could play 20 to win 20. So if the Heat win, you win a $20 bet, you lose your $10 bet on the Pacers. If the Pacers win, you win your $30 bet, and you lose your $20 bet on the Heat. Either way, you end up making 10 bucks. So there's ways to create these middling opportunities if you think they will present themselves. To me, it's too long, really, to have money wrapped up if that's your target. Playoff series, you should really be eyeballing the team is, that you think is going to win. Because you might end up getting stuck on a team that you didn't want if the series doesn't go the way you think it does. That's a rough bet to have. Back to the games at hand. Uh, let's see here. Let me lose my lines here. Uh, okay, so that's Miami, Indiana. Oklahoma City and Houston, that's a pick now. That line moved... From, I think Houston was a one-point favorite. It, it doesn't take much to move a basketball line through zero. So don't read too much into the line movement here. Rockets going from a point favorite to a pick is is minimal. That's a little bit of money coming in on Oklahoma City. I'm sure it'll shift to one point in one team's favor or the other. But we have another marvelous opportunity to set up some in-game fun here. Houston, I mean, you want to talk about a team that goes on spurts. That's a spurty basketball team. They might miss four, five, six three-pointers in a row, fall behind by 12, and then boom, 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 four threes, and you're tied in a minute. Total seems oddly low at 224. That's that's asking for over money. There's going to be a lot of James Harden walking it up the floor and initiating the offense himself. I, I don't... I know Houston takes a lot of threes and generally plays at a pretty good clip, but without Russ, that slows them down considerably. All Harden. And he ain't going to be running on every play if he's going to be starting every single offensive set for the entire ball game. I lean to the under in this game. No strong feelings on the side. I think it is going to be a tight one. In-game wagering on the side is going to be so much fun. This one will have an opportunity. You'll be able to get on both teams as an underdog, I bet, at some point. And that's a sweet spot to be. Because if you do that on the money line, if you can get underdog odds on the money line, then you don't even care who wins the ball game. Just make sure you place your wagers in the right quantity so that you end up with a win no matter what happens. Houston will go up by eight. Oklahoma City will go up by eight. It's going to bounce back and forth, probably in the second half, too. This one, oh, yeah, keep your eyes on this ballgame. There's there's going to be something going on here. And then the under. Again, I, I lean under in this ballgame. And the nightcap, Lakers and the Blazers. Lakers are a six-and-a-half-point favorite right now. I think that was six earlier today. I don't know who's betting Lakers. Both of these teams are actually oddly public right now. Lakers are always a public team. Blazers have been getting a ton of love. Uh, not getting in on either side pre-ball game here. Total of 233. 
it could very well go over. I know the Lakers are going to try to slow things down. The Blazers are going to want to just shoot, 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 shoot. Um, Lakers on the money line actually is not an insane wager right now. I'm not going to do it at minus 280. It's way too chalky. But I think most people that are betting the Lakers are betting a spread that doesn't look too heavy. Lakers probably win this game by about five or six points. I think I think it's a rel- relatively accurate line. Uh, but again, you, you know, you're talking about another situation like Portland. They're not stopping anybody. They'll go on their runs. Lakers will go on their runs. The only game today where I don't know that in-game wagering is going to be that much fun is the early one. Because there's a very real chance that Milwaukee just blows this thing open and Orlando's like, ugh, we're getting Aaron Gordon, et cetera, back maybe in game two, game three. I don't know that we need to really exhaust ourselves fighting here when we're when we're cooked. Those are the games on the docket tonight. And again, you can follow and bet and do all this fun stuff over at mybookie.ag. It's so it's a really easy website to use. That's what's so nice about it. Mybookie.ag. Use the promo code HOOPBALL when you sign up to unlock various deposit bonuses, such as a 100% deposit match, a baseball futures voucher. Again, that promo code is HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Do it right along with me. The thing is about these in-game wagers, you got to be laser-focused. It does live update. There's a, a button for live NBA odds, and if you click it, you can watch them change as, as the game is happening, you can see the odds clicking up, down, one, two, three, one, two, three, whatever points in each direction. The total moves, and you'll see little green and red arrows to tell you which direction stuff is going. So you got to be Johnny on the spot. You got to bet it quick when you see the number you like, which, you know, if you want to really mull something over, that makes it harder. But just set a number in your head, watch the game live so you can see what's actually happening in the game flow, and then jump on it. MyBookie.ag, promo code HOOPBALL. Other partner I want to tell you guys about is, of course, our pals over at Manscaped.com. Grab the lawnmower 3.0 with promo code HOOPBALL20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. You can also get some of the other goodies over at Manscaped.com. You know what? I haven't visited there in a couple of days, so I'm going to cruise on over while I'm doing the ad. Uh, they've got the Lawnmower 3.0. You can actually get the Lawnmower 2.0 if you want to get the older version to save a few bucks. Uh, there's an ear and nose hair trimmer called the Weed Whacker. They have a luxury nail kit called the Shears 2.0. Um, actually, they're sold out of the Weed Whacker. They have replacement blades for the different lawnmowers. They have uh, deodorant, body wash, toner, foot deodorant, signature cologne. They have wet wipes. They have boxers, T-shirts, travel bags, shaving mats, and breath mints. You could throw them all in your pocket. Hoopball 20, 20% off free shipping and all this good stuff. I got to tell you, I've used the lawnmower. It's an excellent product. Um, I haven't used the lawnmower 3.0. I want to get myself one of those. I still need to get myself one of those. I have the 2.0 from uh, a previous partnership with Manscaped, and it's excellent. And so if they upgraded that, well, then it's going to be triply excellent. So definitely check that out. Get yourself one of those, and those are our two partners. Quickly here, here's what happened yesterday. And we don't need to spend a ton of time on this, but, you know, we're, we're a basketball show, too. So, you know, I'm not going to dodge it all together. Denver beat Utah in overtime, and Denver backers were rescued by the extra period because this one was right down to the wire. A Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray shoot-off in the fourth quarter, or shoot-out, I guess. Joe Ingles was very good. Rudy Gobert was uh, decent. Jordan Clarkson 
was useful at times, and other times he was brutal. Um, Royce O'Neal did a really nice job rebounding in this game, but he didn't do much on the offensive side. And then for Denver, they're still not really guarding anybody. Jamal Murray had 36, Jokic 29 and 10, Jeremy Grant had 19, one of my favorite snags for next year because Paul Millsap actually played 29 minutes in this game, but Michael Porter Jr. didn't play that well. So a lot of his minutes went to Grant, and they went small. I love Jeremy Grant for next season. I don't know how he ended up with zero rebounds. That's unacceptable. But, I mean, as Denver loses bodies to the offseason, he slots right in nicely. Uh, You know, it doesn't matter from a fantasy standpoint here. From the reality standpoint, Denver could use Will Barton and Gary Harris because, again, they're just not, they're not stopping anyone. Donovan Mitchell, 57, 9, and 7, 33 shots. He went 13-13 at the foul line, six three-pointers. I mean, this is like, if Denver's squeaking by Utah, they're in real trouble. But they got game one. Uh, I wonder if this either knocked, honestly, I don't know. Did this game knock Utah on their heels or did it give Utah the feeling, hey, look, we can win these games. Denver's a four-point favorite in their rematch, game two, tomorrow. And that's probably a relatively accurate line. Does Denver start to guard anyone? It's the real question. Toronto beat the Daylights out of Brooklyn. This was a fun middling opportunity because when Brooklyn went down by 26, I took them at plus 24 and a half. They went on a run to cut it to nine, and I took Toronto at minus 11 and a half, and I had a 13-point middle in the same ball game. The actual difference in the game swung by 17, and I was able to capitalize on 13 of those because it happened between late in the second quarter and late in the third. So it was actually fairly far along in the ballgame. And sure enough, Toronto barely stuck in the middle. They opened it up hard when both teams went to their uh, their garbage time guys. Toronto won by 24, so we did middle it, won both bets. Brooklyn's just severely outclassed in this game. They actually shot 47% and still lost by 24. Uh, Freddie Van Vliet had 30 and 11. He had a truckload of three-pointers, eight of them. Sergi Baca was actually very good in this game, and Anobi was good. Kyle Lowry couldn't hit a shot, and he was still good. And they're just, you know, Pascal Siakam didn't play that well, and they still just beat the daylights out of Brooklyn. So this this is a lopsided series. I know Karis LeVert had 15 and 15, and that's great and all, but yeah, just badly overmatched. And not to be un, not unexpectedly here, they they just don't have the talent to keep up. Boston beat Philadelphia 109-101. This was a tight ball game. Joel Embiid had 26 and 16, but they're actually going to need more out of him, if you can believe that. Tobias Harris, 15, 8, and 8. They're going to need more out of him. Josh Richardson, they got what they needed to out of him. Same with Alec Burks. Uh, Shake Milton had 13. That was fine. Matisse Thibault played pretty good defense in his time on the floor. Gordon Hayward hurt his ankle very late in this ballgame. We don't know what that means going forward. One thing it definitely means is if he misses time, Marcus Smart is going to have to do a bit more on offense. Another thing that we noticed in this ballgame is that uh, the Celtics went to as many centers as they needed to to try to deal with Joel Embiid. So my Daniel Tice love is unimpeded by the fact that he had 5,025 minutes. This is just going to be a tough series for Boston centers. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum were both excellent in this ballgame. And as I look at the game itself, Boston shot 42%. So Philly actually did a really good job on everybody else besides Brown and Tatum. I think this is going to be a tight series. I think we're going to have opportunities to middle this game as well. I'm actually pretty upset 
I'm pretty upset about a couple of things that happened yesterday. Number one, there was a moment during the Utah-Denver game when the Jazz were up four, I think, with about five or six minutes to go. And I tried to grab Denver at plus 120 as an underdog, and it didn't go through. I would have won 12 bucks. I know it was a small bet. I'm not doing a ton of these in-game stuff, but a little bit irritated that that one, apparently I didn't click it fast enough. And then Boston-Philly, I got in on this game when Philly was a plus 260 underdog, and there was a brief fleeting moment right as I had to walk out the door here at home uh, when Boston was a plus 105 underdog. So there was a moment where both teams were underdogs, and I, I wasn't at my computer fast enough to grab it, or I could have guaranteed uh, at least a victory of some small kind on that game. And then the last game I wasn't at my computer for, so I didn't have a chance to do any betting. But Luka Doncic, 42-7-9. Kristaps Porzingis ejected early in this game due to a little scuffle. Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr. did what they could to keep Dallas in it with Luka, but uh, they're going to need their other superstar because Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, both very good. Marcus Morris was oddly solid in yesterday's game. Vita Zubats double-doubled. Lou Williams had 14 off the bench. Montrez Harrell played 15 minutes, and he'll just continue to ramp up. Uh, I said I like the Clippers in this game, and they covered by a point and a half, but it was a coin flip. So, uh, you know, I don't think you take credit for a win or a loss. There was no right side in that game. Mavs and Clippers were... Basically locked in a game where the Clippers were up by about the spread. I think they were leading by about five for pretty much the entire ball game, And then they won because of some late free throws, and the Mavs didn't hit that last shot of the game. That was it. That's a coin flip. If your, te- if your game comes down to the losing team hitting a meaningless bucket at the buzzer, that's a coin flip. That means no one had the right side. That means the line was right. You got lucky. If we, well, we got lucky because we liked the Clippers in that one. Uh, Or if you had the Mavs, you got unlucky. That's it. Simple as that. And that's it for now. Um, What we saw yesterday didn't really change my opinion on most of these series. I think Denver beats Utah, and it takes a little while to get there. Toronto is going to steam train uh, right through Brooklyn. Boston's going to beat Philly, but it's going to take a while to get there. And I think Dallas, I think Clippers beat Dallas in about five games. They might be close. Um but I don't see how Dallas really gets over that hump more than maybe one time if they get really hot. Clippers are just better and tougher for now. Anything else I wanted to go over today? I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Ah, well, guess you'll have to follow me on Twitter. Uh, Game starts in 36 minutes right now. So let's get the pregame show fired up. Let's have some fun. It's betting time. This is fantasy NBA and betting today. Fantasy betting NBA today, whatever. We also have today in sports betting, if you want to hear the guys talk about sports besides just basketball. But look, we're just going to talk about things we see. That's it. I don't have to tell you anything about fantasy unless something pops up. And it will. Something will. By the way, Mike Conley, back in the bubble, uh, has to quarantine for, I believe, three days now or four max. They're hoping they can get him in for game three of that series, which, you know, I don't know that it changes the series at all. I feel like I feel like more Joe Ingles actually is a really good thing for Utah. Might lean to Denver a little harder. Sorry, Conley, but Utah doesn't know how to use their point guards. We've <laughs> seen that for a while now. All right, that's the only news of the morning. Have a wonderful Tuesday, everybody. I'll talk to you on the interwebs. This is Fantasy NBA Today Hoopball presentation. Again, let's open up an account together. 
at mybookie.ag. I mean, I've got one, but come open one with me. Let's play along. Let's just put five bucks, six bucks, ten bucks, whatever it is on these in-game wagers, and we'll try to middle. The beauty of it is, I know, I'm, I'm trying to wrap up the podcast, but the beauty of the middle is you're wagering $1 to win both bets, right? Because you can't lose both if there's a middle. You can win both. You will always win one. You will always win at least one. Often, you will win one and lose one. But if you can get a big enough berth between your numbers, if you get a middle of seven, eight, nine points, and you just need to hit that one out of every 20 times to break even, two out of 20 times, you're, you're positive. I mean, think about that. You need to go uh, one and 19, basically, to break even. That's so easy. Yeah, we can do that. So let's do it. Do along with me, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code HOOPBALL. Otherwise, what good are you to me? Have a great day. I'm Dan Baspers. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a HOOPBALL presentation.